0: It's not that she needs introduction because everyone knows who, uh, who Pastor Tracy is, I, and, and, and I, I know everybody loves when she comes to speak because she's funnier than I am, and she has so many interesting life lessons that she has gleaned that sometimes go right by me, and so it's always good to hear that, but tonight is such a great lesson. And it's such an appropriate timing of this lesson because we're having literally hundreds of pastors come here in about the next five months. And we have the opportunity to host them. And we're not hosting them and, and trying to do a good job just because we're all that or try to, as they used to say, put on the dog. But, but we, we, we want to present an excellent spirit. And we do predominantly a pretty good job in this area. We, we've endeavored to sow excellence inside of you, but tonight is a great lesson because my wife's going to come and we're going to go over this, especially when it, when it links to our maturity and, and God opening doors for ministry. And so, uh, without further ado, my wife teaching on excellence tonight. <laughs> Love you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Okay. we got a lot of, t- a lot of things to cover and a lot of funny stories. So, okay. All right. Let's just start off. Uh, everybody have your notes. Okay, does anybody need notes? Did y'all get notes back here? Okay, um, so can anybody, do we see? have any more notes, Maria? Right up here to Annie Lori Doesn't have any. Okay, I'm so glad. And, okay, not to put you on the spot, but Annie Laurie's daddy and Trisha's husband, David, came tonight. So yay. Glad to have him tonight. And we have another visitor on the aisle, this friend of Casey's. Tell me what your name Leslie. So y'all make sure you get to meet all them. Okay. So tonight we're talking about excellence. Let's look at the first scripture is Isaiah 12 verses four and five. In that day, you will say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth then Psalm 81 O Lord our Lord how excellent is your name in all the earth who have set your glory above the heavens and then one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Daniel and that is in chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Wow. Isn't that an awesome testimony? Isn't that what you want people to say about you? That when people try to come up with some dirt on you, they can't find any because you're an excellent person. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Okay. Whenever God does something, it's always done with excellence. There's no such thing as mediocre in the mind of God. God's not shabby, tacky, cheap, or average. Whenever he performs a work, he does it right and produces the best. His name is always associated with excellence. Now, unfortunately, his church has been rather mediocre in its attitude and service. Now, I don't believe that's true of legacy. I believe that we have we have been a church of excellence. But I'm going to say that some of that is because Pastor and I were raised up under Pastor and Evelyn Miles, who were very excellent people. Um, and if you weren't excellent, they had no problem telling you you weren't, okay, because that's how they trained us. I remember the very first time I went to work for Miss Evelyn. Y'all know my story about coming out of a denomination where we didn't wear earrings and pants and cut our hair and wear makeup and all that kind of stuff, and I came in to work for Miss Evelyn uh, the first week we were there, and I was 29 years old, and you know, I still looked fairly decent back then. (laughs) But but I didn't wear makeup because I had, you know, grown up in that denomination. And so I mean, I I think I put a little blush on Never Will Forget. She said, Girl, we are taking you today to buy you some lipstick. And I said, No ma'am, I don't wear lipstick. She says, You do now. And Pastor Miles, whenever we'd go on staff retreats, the minister of music's wife, Amy, she would just come down to breakfast, like without her makeup on. And one day at breakfast, and Pastor Miles looked at her, and he said, Amy don't ever do that again. And she's like, what? And he goes, don't come down here looking like that. You know, no, no, no. He said, you need to be excellent. He said, you know, you are a beautiful girl, but you need to put your makeup on. So, you know, some of you say, well, that's just over the top. Well, you know, but, but they taught us not just excellence in the way we appeared in the way we presented ourselves as their staff, but in everything. And so my, a lot of my stories are going to be about that, but. Um, so our tendency has been in some circles to think that shabbiness is next to godliness. Oh, well, it's only the church. We went to a church one time to be the pastor, <laughs> and uh, we arrived, and we were all, first of all, we had left a church, at, at, well, I'm just going to say, it. we had left Evangel Cathedral to come to Charleston we left and we left after eight and a half years of service. They gave this reception like nobody's business. I mean, I still got pictures, you know, I mean, they put all the food out, you know, and they when you, when they, when you left to go out to minister somewhere else, they really blessed you. I mean, that's just the way we were raised at evangel. So we come to Charleston and we show up at this church where money was not an issue as some of you know, and it wasn't this church. And, um, There was a reception presented to us, and I don't mean to be, I'm just going to be honest. It was store-bought cookies and punch out of a jug. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking store-bought cookies in the deli at Publix. I'm talking the cheap, like imitation Oreos, not even the real Oreos, the imitation Oreos. Okay. And put out there now, y'all, I'm not, and we're going to get to this, that, that, that excellence isn 't about the money, but you see those same people if they would have had Governor Beasley at that time show up, oh man, they would have put it out. but you see people don 't give honor to the ministry or they don't it and 's not about pastor. i 'm just saying that 's the way people think about church is you can live in the million dollar house, but church oh we won't replace, we won 't replace the wallpaper. Uh, coming off the walls in the bathroom. I mean, I remember walking in the first day and going, "Oh well, this just won't. This won't do." We will, we will, we wallpaper this bathroom immediately, and they were like, "We're not spending money on that kind of stuff." I was like, "Does your house have wallpaper coming off the wall?" So you see, we can't have that attitude about the house of God. You know, there there's a scripture that talks about, "I will not build, I will not build a home with paneled walls, a panel house." When the house of God is in disrepair, you know, we've got to keep the house of God in first place in our lives. And, and it it has to be a place of excellence. Okay. Um, we as Christians, point number two, we as Christians, and especially as leaders have been partakers of the divine nature and should demonstrate excellence in our life and our ministry. Daniel's success was due in part to his excellent spirit Okay, we are partakers of the divine nature. So we need to have an excellent spirit. His excellence transcended politics. Y'all, he was, he was the administrator to three, three administrations. That's like uh, Clinton, Bush, and Obama, and, and them not firing him in between. Okay, so no matter what party was in office, he was still kept because he had an excellence about him. Okay, understanding excellence, what it's not. Well, first of all, it is not perfectionism. If any of you have been to encounter, which I hope, I think most of you have, perfectionism is listed as a stronghold under pride. So we're not asking for a perfectionistic spirit. Perfectionistic spirit is an attempt to live an errorless standard. You know what? None of us are going to be errorless. We're going to make mistakes. Um, we're not talking that everything has to be so scrutinized that we just freak out and we make everybody in bondage. That's not what we're talking about. Um, let me see, did I miss something there? Was there a point two? Yeah, perfect. Okay, it's not an intent. Okay, number three. It is not necessarily expensive, although it is definitely not cheap, tacky, or cheesy. My favorite shows on HGTV, y'all, are the ones that are like Design on a dime for a thousand dollars or less. You know, they redo this room, or the ones where they go in, they do the whole house designed to sell for two thousand dollars. They t- they took my favorite show off. It was the one they went in and they only spent five hundred dollars. You ever know that one? Um, and so that's those are the kind of things. So we don't have to spend a lot of money. There's a lady in this church. I won't say her name, even though I did get permission from her to tell the story. If I said her name, you would all know who I'm talking about. There's a woman that walks in here on Sunday mornings, and she looks fit to kill. I mean, she has got it all put together. She's talking the hats, the the the, the scarves, the jewelry, everything, and she buys every bit of clothes at the consignment store or Goodwill. She has never. She told me she has never bought anything at Belk or Dillard's ever. But you see, it's an excellent, she just has an excellent spirit about her, doesn't she? We all, most of you know who I'm talking about. Excellence is simply living up to all your potential that God has placed inside of you. Excellence was in Daniel's spirit. It was something on the inside that manifested on the outside. Kevin tells this story on himself, and I'm going to tell it for him, but remember the story he tells about when he got the custodian job? Remember when we were in seminary, we were so poor and we were starving to death, (laughs) and he went and he applied at at a a, um, grade school to be a custodian, and they really didn't have any openings, but he he had heard that they might, so he went, and he got the job, and the man called him, and he said, we really didn't have any openings, but I want you to know I, I gave you a job. And he said, really? Why? And he said, because you're the only one that show up, showed up wearing a suit and tie. You see, that's where we as a generation are missing it. Um, we, we need to be, we need to, uh, I, don't want to admit, I think I've heard this written down someplace else, but I'll go ahead and, and say it now. I noticed this just recently, and, and we, Pastor and I have been talking about it uh, as far as, you know, we're, we're kind of in a generation of, of really comfortable clothing and everything, and that's that's fine. I mean, most of us are very comfortable here tonight, and that's perfectly fine. I just decided to wear a dress because I didn't have any pants I wanted to wear. <laughs> but, you know, we're we're very comfortable, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what concerns me is I went to a funeral the other day, and there's a whole generation of young people Who, first of all, have no clue as to how to dress for a funeral. And number two, obviously do not know how to act at a funeral. Now, maybe it's because they've never had many funerals in their family, and they just haven't had the opportunity. But you see, those are things that we, as parents, need to train our children. We need to, people need to know. When we went to Eric and Malia's wedding, Beverly called me, and she's like, now, um, it's a, it's before 6 o'clock wedding, so does that mean we can wear, you know, a, just a regular church dress? And I thought, oh, yes, okay, that's, you know. And I had to kind of, in my mind, think, okay, I, I don't know. I can't remember that. Oh, You know, what are the rules on that? But, you know know. just things that, that this next generation has so never learned, but you know, if God wanted to set this next, one of our children, one of these young people here, Andy, Lori or or Leslie, one of these young people that are in here with us, Micah, if God took you to a place to stand before a King, would you know how to act and would you know what to wear and would you know what to say and not to say? You see, this may seem like not a very spiritual teaching tonight, but truly it is. Because if we believe that God wants to use this next generation to be of influence in the world, then we as parents have got to take the time and maybe brush up on our own etiquette and find out what are the rules on what you wear to a a wedding after six o'clock. And, you know, and all those kind of things, because I'm believing that our young people will stand before the president. I'm believing that one of these, it could be that one of our children will be the president and we have to know how to do those things. Okay. Um, Point C, the Greek word there is arete, which means the ultimate, ultimate. The word was associated with athletics and specifically the Olympics. It is giving something your best from the best. Excellence is its own reward. It may have monetary value or associate, notoriety associated with it, but at its core is the prize of knowing you gave something your very best effort. You know what I feel that way about? When I clean my house. Or any of you other women like that, man, when I got my house clean from top to bottom, I just sometimes stand there in the kitchen and just go this looks pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I kind of wander around and like, wow, for it all to be clean all at the same time. You know. And so, you know, I don't, I don't get a check for that. You know, nobody writes me off a check for having a clean house, but don't you just feel like you did a good job? Or when you like get 14 loads of laundry done in one day, you're like, man, shoo, that was good. I did a good job today. So that's excellence. Um, this is a foreign concept in our culture today. What is the minimum amount of effort I have to give and still keep my job? And you know what? (laughs) If you do a really excellent job, somebody might get you off to the side and say, stop working so hard, you're making us look bad. But you see, Daniel didn't do that. Daniel did his best, and he just kept moving right on up the ladder. And you know what? We're going to have a quote here at the end. We can't worry about the opinions of other people. We're here to please one person. And that's the audience of one. And we have to please God. And when you're doing something, I don't care if you are the custodian. I mean, I used to show up and, at the school and watch my poor husband. After I'd worked all day, I'd show up and take him dinner at the school. And he's in there cleaning the toilets of third-grade boys. And I won't go into any details, but it was nasty. Um, and, you know, greatness was in him. He was going to be a pastor, and he, he had a call in his life. But yet he cleaned those toilets with excellence. I I mean, there were times I would go, Oh, Kevin, they're just going to do it again tomorrow. And he's like, I don't care. I'm going to do it right because I'm believing God has me here for a reason. And I'm not going to have to stay any longer (laughs) than is necessary. (laughs) So you see, sometimes we are being tested in, will we be excellent in the small things? You know, and that's the thing my children get the most in trouble for at my house. I'll send them up there to clean that bathroom and I'll say, I'm going to come up there and check. And I mean it, it better be right. And I'll go, I'll go. Is it ready? Yes. Yes. Mother, it's ready. And I'm like, okay, I'm coming. Okay. Okay. Give it. give us a couple more minutes because they want to do it just kind of halfway. I'm like that mirror better not have any toothpaste on it. "Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. Don't come. Don't come. Don't come. Okay. And see, and are we that way? Are we that way at our jobs? Are we that way? Are we talking on the phone? Are we on email when we're not supposed to be? When our boss comes in, are we like oh, clicking off? That's not an excellent spirit because we know what to do. And to him who doeth it not, to him it is, it's sin. Okay. God wants us to be excellent because he wants to promote us. All right. Um, A ministry of excellence is hard work, whether it be preaching, the music team, women's ministry, the building, keeping the maintenance up. I mean, y'all, Lisa Stone works a long time on Fridays to play to keep this place clean. I mean, it's not an easy job. I mean, you think, how hard could it be? Well, you clean this every Saturday or Friday for the rest of your life and see how you like it. But she does an excellent job. She takes it very seriously and she takes great pride in that. Um, but you know what? We've been here long enough. We've been here in this building uh, seven years. Is that right, Pastor? And how many of you know, we've been in our house six years this November. I can't believe it's As long as I've ever lived in a house ever, ever, six years. And I'm thinking, I look around, I'm going, now I know why I moved sooner than this. Because by the time you live there six years, all the walls need painting again. And the carpet's starting to get nasty looking. And Kevin, I'm like, why, why have we never had this before? Because we've never lived anywhere longer than four years. I'm like, oh, okay, that's all right. So, you know, you have to keep up. This was a beautiful building when we moved in, but, you know, it's starting to show its age. We're going to need to, if we're going to be here a little bit longer, we thought we'd be out by now, but that doesn't seem to be God's timing. So maybe it's a test of whether we will continue to be excellent. So we're going to get to have some painting parties. Y'all like to paint (laughs) because we will be having them. Okay. Daniel was a man. No one could afford to lose or fire. Is that you? Is that what your boss says about you? The best job security you can have is your excellence. If anyone can do what you do and how you do it, then perhaps somebody else will. Kevin and I went to, we, we normally go to the Publix on Main Road now, the new one. And it's, it's really great. and We love it. But the other day we had to run over here. And they've got a bagger there that will test your sanctification. And we we try our best to see where he's at and not get in that line. We're like, oh, no, no, okay, okay. And so we thought we had it timed out, and he came over and started bagging us. Y'all, he is the slowest. I mean, he is like. and. The Oh, I mean, Kevin's like going here, let me help you. And he's like, no, no, sir. I can do it. I can do it. But, oh, I mean, honestly, Kevin has to walk away. He just has to go. I'm like, go to the car, just go to the car because it, it, it's just, oh, it's just terrible. Now there's a part of me that wants to walk over to that manager and go, can I just help you out here? Maybe the boy just needs a little chat. You know, he's sweet. He wants to talk to you. He wants to know all about your day. I don't want to know about his day. I'm sorry. I need to get home and cook supper. You know, I've got things to do. It's not that I'm trying to be rude, but you see, that's not necessarily excellence. Okay? So the thing is, if your job is to be friendly, then be friendly. But if your job is to bag groceries, bag groceries. Now, see, some, some some of our problem is that we're trying to do what our job description isn't. You know, there are, there are things that I know right now I would be the biggest failure at because that's not my temperament. It's not my personality. So there are certain things that I'm really good at when we traveled. And I I told the story before when I traveled on the singing group in college, here I am, you know, the talkative one. And so they would stick me at the, at the table to have kids sign up to join, come to the college. I mean, you put me up here wrapping up the music chords. I I wouldn't be too good at that because I would be wanting to talk to the people in the congregation instead of wrapping up the music cords and getting the microphones all packed up. But all those things had to be done and somebody had to be out there recruiting students. And that's what I was good at. But if you're not the talkative one, then you need to be up here. So some of these are just realizing that you need to be in a place where your giftings are used and putting you someplace where you're not is going to cause you to not be excellent. Okay. Um, Ten traits of an excellent person. Now, ultimately, is the Lord who appraises our excellence. He sees our work, our finances, our resources, and has a just judgment concerning our capabilities. However, he will, through delegated authority, and who is delegated authority? Y'all, name, give your boss, right? Okay, your authority, whoever that authorities are. Challenge. He will challenge old benchmarks of excellence and get you to do even greater things. Kaylin is, uh, she's in the ninth grade this year, our daughter Kaylin, she came home the other day and she said that her, one of her teachers, Ms. Siebert, the very, one of the very first things they had to do when they got into the class was she said, I want to take a little survey of how mature you are. And they were like, okay. And she said, how many of you still have to have your mother wake you up in the morning? And she said, Mommy, only like two people raised their hand. And I wasn't one of them. She does set her own alarm. How many of you have to have your mother remind you to have all of your books in your book bag? How many of you still have your mother make your lunch? She said, I did have to raise my hand. (laughs) But, But I thought, you know, that's good. That's good because Mrs. Siebert is trying to teach them that they're growing up and with growing up comes responsibility and the same things that you were, that somebody was doing for you in the sixth grade, you shouldn't be, they shouldn't be doing those things for you in the ninth grade. And so, but see, those are lessons that we have to learn. And the benchmarks of yesterday that were good for a sixth grader to get himself up with his own alarm, that's not a big deal in the ninth grade. You see, how many of us have issues in our life that we thought, man, I am rocking 10 years ago to be able to do this. And now we really need to be pushing ourselves to be more excellent. Um, when I, you you all know, when I went to the trainer, when I was doing the whole thing at at the, at the gym, um, you know, the very first week they're, they're thankful that you can just run three laps around the thing without falling over dead by the end you know, we're running two miles today, nonstop. And you're like, huh? And they're like, yes, you know, you can do it. And I'm like, no, I can't. She's like, I don't hear the word can't, you know, and she's screaming at my face. Okay. Those were benchmarks. And I would say, but, but Lori, last week you said it was fine. She goes, is this last week? No. Okay. Well then run, you know, stop talking and start running. So, um, so, you know, in the military, Is that not the way it is? How many of y'all have been in the military? I know Denise, Terry. Okay. They don't care what you did at home. They don't care that your mama got you up in the morning. They don't care that your mama made your bed. All those. (laughs) No, mama ain't here no more. Okay. That's right. So God wants to push us on. All right. Number one, uh, we need to have a proper view of God. Is that the right page? Am I on the right page there? Okay. Proper view of God. In Old Testament times, when God asked for a sacrifice, he asked for the best. Uh, in, the, in the book of Malachi, there's a whole, you can just read the whole book of Malachi, but it's talking about how the people were bringing, and the priests were bringing lame and blind animals to be sacrificed. They weren't bringing perfect animals. And when it comes to the Lord, it's not the thought that counts. <laughs> you know, we all say, oh, well, it's just, it's the thought that counts. No, it's not. It's the sacrifice that counts. And was it, and was it our best? He doesn't want our leftovers. And I have to tell you, that's been one of those things that I've had to work on throughout my life because, you know, I'm like, Lord, you know my heart and I didn't get to spend time with you this morning, but you, Lord, you know my heart. And yes, and and does God have grace on us? Yes, He does. But you know, when you, when you start, if you gave your husband, ladies, if you gave your husband leftovers for days and days on end, he might start looking at you and going, you know, uh, I love you. And it's not like I'm going to divorce you or anything, but this really isn't what I hoped for because sometimes that's what we do with the Lord. We do all that we want to do. And then it comes down to 10 o'clock at night and we're like, okay, Lord, I'll turn off the TV in between commercials and on the commercials and, 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 I'll, and I'll read this devotional book. Oh, but the show's back on. Okay. Next commercial. Okay. And, okay, I'm going to pray for my family during this commercial, and I'm going to... Okay, that's not excellence. That's not giving God our best. It's giving God our leftovers. And does he still love us? Sure. But that's not the kind of person I want to be. And I know that's not the kind of person you want to be. So we have to challenge ourselves. And that's another thing we're doing this year. Is We've been, for years, been doing devotions in the morning as a family. And daddy would read the devotions, you know, and mom would read the devotions. And then we'd ask the children, okay, now what did that say? But now this year, Kaylin, you must bring the devotion. Now, she looks at you a couple times and like, I have to bring the devotion? Yes, you have to bring it. And you have to have read the scripture and then you have to give us a comment as to what that meant. It's only like two minutes. It's not like she has to preach 15 minutes or anything. But you see, that's, that's setting the benchmark a little bit higher for her because she needs to know what the Bible says herself and find the scripture and read it. So those are just things that we, we try to do in our house. All right. Um, are you giving God your best in, number one, your appearance? Are your clothes clean and ironed. And do we have appropriate dress? That was one of the things I was going to talk about the, the funeral. We have to teach children what to wear. What is appropriate? I mean, every time Kalen comes out, you know, and, and my boys, and some children, Tyler, bless his heart, he's he the clothes horse, man. I mean, Tyler, he, he loves clothes and he's always, you know, he, Tyler comes out and I was like, good looking Tyler. Clayton and I, whoo, we used to go round and round and round and round. Because Clayton's style just wasn't my style, okay? So some of those things you kind of have to give on, Mom. But I was like, bless God, it will be ironed. He's like, well, everybody else wears a T-shirt. Well, you know what? Yours is going to be ironed. He was like, iron a T-shirt. I'm like, bless God. We keep the ironing board set up at our house 24-7. It's upstairs in the den. No excuses. I mean, sometimes... I'll tell him, pastor, he was in a hurry that because he takes Kaylin to school. Now he leaves really early in the morning and then comes straight to the office. And I walked in and he had forgotten we had an appointment. And I walked in, I was like, what's the deal with the shirt? And he's like, I said, we have an appointment. He's like, I'm going home to iron. (laughs) So he goes home, seven minutes home, irons the shirt, comes back, you know. So we just have to be excellent. You know, that's just, how would you like it if you came in to have an appointment with the pastor and he looked like he got out of bed? I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's not that he's any less anointed if he's, or if his shirt is ironed or not ironed, but it's just the presentation that he cared enough that you were coming. Okay. And so on Sunday mornings, do we care enough that he's coming? You know, we're not here to impress each other. You know, I know a lot of, a lot of churches, it's the whole show off your clothes and all that kind of stuff. And we're, we're not about that, but yet you know, and and your best may be jeans. And and We're perfectly fine with people wearing jeans. I mean, pastor usually wears jeans on Wednesday nights, but um, I was going to say this, you know, sometimes like on the worship team, um, they've, you know, some people said, well, can we wear jeans? Well, how can I say this? Some people can pull off jeans and a t-shirt and some people can't. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Just be, let's be, you know, you see these cool churches on TV and everybody up there is 26 years old and they got tight abs and, you know, and the little girls are up there about size fours, you know, and they're up there in their little jeans and t-shirts and they're rocking out for Jesus. And we're like, oh, they're, that's cool. And they have a big church and that must be what everybody does who, who has a cool church is they wear jeans. Well maybe we're just not that cool here. <laughs> you know, I mean, we all aren't all size four and have tight abs. Okay. Let's just be honest. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, if, if it's going to be a distraction for us to be up here in jeans, <laughs> perhaps we shouldn't wear them. Okay. But, um, this is a funny story. Clayton, you know, Clayton's on staff at this huge church in, in Atlanta, oh, right outside of Atlanta. And, uh, we went to their conference and now they all had on kind of jeans, casual thing, but let me tell you, they had talked because you, you could see the color coordination going through the stage. Okay. You know, it was kind of the grays and blues and they all looked cool. You know, and Clayton's right. up there in his jeans at the, you know, with the holes in them. Uh, and, and, and he's got his, you know, he's got his cool shirt and he's jumping like crazy, you know, but um, there's this lady there and, and she can sing like nobody's business. I'm like looking at Bethany, sitting next to Bethany, our daughter, I'm like, who is that? And she goes, oh, you know, that's so-and-so she's been here for years. And I'm like. I don't remember her looking like that. And she goes, well, we had to do a little makeover on her. And I was like, oh, And he, she said, pastor Jensen said, you know, man, we, we want him up there and she can see the lights out, but that just isn't excellence. And you know, she, she kind of looked like me, you know, she had about four kids and she got a little pooch, you know, and, and, you know, and, but she was trying to wear jeans and a tight fitting shirt and, This belly just don't go in a tight-fitting church, folks. Okay, you can try it all day long, and it just doesn't look good, okay? So um, so they had kind of, like, done a little makeover on her, and she looked great. But you see, those are the kind of things that you think, oh, well, that's just just prideful. No, it's not. It's excellence. And if, you know, and so if that's what they want to wear, they want to wear jeans, they're at least going to do it with excellence. And so this church, this so far, Pastor and Laura have decided that we're just going to you know, stay dressed up just a little bit more, at least on the praise team. Okay. Um, pay attention to details. Have you ever noticed how detailed God is in his instructions about the tabernacles and all that? Have you ever thought about the renovation of the Statue of Liberty? I mean, Pastor read this huge article on it and it's like, you know, the guy up there working on the torch and repainting that and resurfacing that. Who is going to see that? See goals. But yet, Hours and hours of attention were given to that because it needs to be excellent, and that's the way we need to see it. Sometimes it's the little things of life that break that that speak the loudest. Um, servers, servers are people who have the motivational gift of serving are the really the best at this. You know, have you ever? And I, I can name the names of the people and the servers in this church, but I won't do that right now. But you know, they remember exactly what kind of coffee you drink after you tell them one time. And they know what kind of creamer you like, and so if you were going to come to their house, Andrea, they would have all that out there, because that's what they love to do. They love to meet your needs, and that's the spirit of excellence. Um, When you go to a hotel, and they and they have the 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 right pillow and the the right pillows, those new beds in those hotels aren't those great? You know, Uh, they have the real fluffy mattresses, and they've got the candy on the pillows. Why do they do that? Because they know that that's excellence. Um, Do you ever? Try to better yourself in the ministry you are involved in, or or at your work. If they have a class that they're going to offer for free, do you sign up for it, or do you go? Oh, I don't need that. It's just going to take up time. It will be better for you. You will be a better employee um, here at the church. We encourage our musicians to continue to take lessons on their on their music on their uh, instrument. Pastor Tyler and Pastor Noah, they go to Bible college there are two mornings a week that they are here in this church at 6.30 in the morning for three hours on, online watching, having Bible college because they need to be excellent. Um, excellence is usually a practice skill rather than a God-given ca- talent. Most people are natural in some things about excellence, but then other things we're not, we're not really natural at. You know, like how many people, how many women in this room, and men, but how many of you are, your house is always clean, but it may be cluttered. You know, but then there's other people who their house, I'm a little bit more this way. When you walked in, it's going to look like everything's in place, but my, ba- my bathrooms may not be too clean. You know, just, you know, things like that. So it just depends on what, what your natural inclination is. Um, are you always on time, but you didn't, re- that you didn't iron your clothes before you got here? Uh, do you work hard, but you don't clean up your mess after you do it? You see, those are, those are good skills to be work hard, but if you don't clean up your mess and you leave all that afterwards, that's kind of a, a pain for the next person coming in. So, so some of these things are things that we have to work on. All right, high personal standards. Just because everyone is doing it doesn't mean that it's for the excellent. That phrase in itself tells me that it's ever, average. You know, how many of our kids have said, well, everybody's doing it. Well, are you everybody? <laughs> I think every parent just says that. Are you everybody? Uh, the standard of, of our home is not the same as the standard of the average home in America. And I hope that's true of your house. Because I'm telling you, if we could really put a video camera in the average home of America, it would be pretty sad. Of how people live. And not just the cleanliness, but just the, the language that is spoken the attitudes, the disrespect that is allowed in the homes. I just wrote down a few things. Um, is your grass cut? Is your house power washed? That's a big thing in Charleston. Are your shrubs, shrubs trimmed? Is your house clean? Not necessarily spotless, but is it, is it clean? Do your children have bedtimes? Do your children eat what everybody else is eating or do you let them set their own menu? My mom, I remember my mama looking at me and going, you do that and you're gonna be paying for it for the next 30 years. You just teach those kids that this is the real, <laughs> this is the rules and this is the way it's gonna be. Little Tyler, you know, our one that never got in trouble, our children's pastor. I remember we were in Spartanburg and he was about four years old and he would never pitch a fit or anything, but he did not like broccoli. And I, and we had broccoli and I I said, Tyler, you have to sit there until you eat it. Okay. Clayton would have been screaming, hollering, running around the table, Uh, but okay. I get all the dishes done. I look over there. Tyler's still sitting there. Have you eaten it, Tyler? No. You have to sit there. I know. Bless his heart. He sat there till like nine o'clock at night. He still hadn't eaten it. Never, never cried. Never pitched a fit. Just sat there. So I looked at him, I said, well, you have to go to bed now, but this is going to be waiting for you in the morning. He said, okay, I think I can eat it. (laughs) I I think I can. He had a little speech impediment. I think I can eat it. And I said, you can take a bite and take a drink and take a bite and take a drink. But you see, you have to set those things of excellence because what if he goes somewhere and they sort of, I'm telling you, I've been on the mission field. How many of us have been on the mission field? And they put something in front of you and you're like, oh, dear Lord. I remember Pastor Miles telling the story that he went on the mission field and they decided because he was the pastor, they were going to give him his own rat. He got to eat the whole rat. To himself, he didn't have to share. And he said, and I thought, I'm going to die. And the Holy, he said, the Holy Spirit said, you will offend them and they will never receive the gospel. He said, I will help you. Holy Spirit said, "I will help you," and He said, "I sat there and I ate the entire rat." But I'm just telling you. You say, "Is that excellence?" It is excellence because you see, as we're growing up and we're learning, you know what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And all things may be eating something you don't want to eat because for the sake of someone else's soul. You see, we got to think about more than just us. Okay, um, our church. Our church is not harder a harder brand of Christianity than any other church, but we are pursuing excellence as disciples. We are teaching the Great Commission here. And Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, Go, therefore, and make disciples. It doesn't say that they disappear. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded them. What y'all mean, that means the verses in the Bible about wives submit to your husbands and husbands love your wives and everybody submit to your bosses, even if you think he's a jerk. I mean, all those verses and about not eating meat or eating meat and all those things that pastor talked about last Sunday, all those things are in the Bible. And we've got to teach all of that because that is what makes us different from the world and what makes us excellent. Um, Excellence. Let's see, let's see where okay. Uh, give of themselves to others there is a servanthood to excellence especially time and effort and we'll get into that in a minute excellence is not about being self-consumed but rather attempts to sow valuable things into other people I was so proud of my leadership ladies last night. Girls, were they not like the best that they have ever been at describing their classes? But you know what? I was, I, uh, I co-pastor, I said, and Cindy Folsom was so great. She's pulling stuff out and throwing it on the floor. I mean, that that was really very ingenious. I was like, man, I would have never thought of that. That was really good. But you see, they had put thought into how they were going to present with excellence their vision for their classes and that doesn't just come like that. It takes time and effort to come up with what you're going to say, practice it, because believe me, I had given them a time limit. I got enough pastor in me now that I'll give everybody a time limit. And they, they knew they had to say it in a certain amount of time. And they just did excellent. And I was so proud of them. But, but you see, they have learned that. Uh, and, Number six, it refuses to accept average. There is nothing wrong with it being a small church or small ministry. The organization can be small, but its spirit can be one of excellence. And as we look at this chart here, we won't spend time too much on it, but we're about in the 10 to 13 percent size of the church in America. We're in the top 10 to 13 percent. You see, you think, oh, it, we think every church is 10,000 people because that's all we see on TV. The average church in America is 75. And let me tell you, there's a lot of churches that are 30. And those pastors love God and are serving and are trying just as hard as the churches of 10,000. They're just in a different field. And they're in a different culture, in a different situation. But they can still be excellent. And I was so proud, and I know Pastor and I are, when, when people come, and I never will forget the very first time when we, when we just dedicated, we were dedicating Legacy, this building. And Pastor Miles came, who was our bishop, and he came in the door and he looked around. And of course, we'd been on staff with him for nine years. So it really mattered what he thought. And he said, well, Kevin, you have put a new spin on the word storefront church. And, you know, and, and I wish sometimes, days, some days I drive up and I think, oh, I just wish we could change the outside. I wish it looked different because if it looked different from the outside, maybe more people would come on the inside because once they come in, they're like, wow. This is like a real church. And you're like, yes. But from the outside, you know, they think, what is that? A church in a mall. What's that? But you have to be excellent. When the guy came, Joe Warner is a guy that Pastor Rod uh, Aguilard, our overseer, sent up to examine our church building to see if we were up to par for the upcoming conference. And we met with the leadership team, and he gave everything of what needs to happen. And he stood up here, and he said— And he had all his notes, and he got to a part about excellence and and how we're going to do it. he goes, I can just tell right now, I don't even need to go over that part. I can already tell by your spirit that you're an excellent people. And so isn't that awesome? And that's not just pastor and I, that's you. That's all of you who come to this church and you are a blessing and you help. And you, when you see something broken, you, you say, Oh, uh, pastor, we need to let you know that this is happening in here. If you can fix it, you do fix it. If you see it on the floor, you pick it up. If you see a spill out there, you don't go, uh, excuse me, where's the janitor. I see y'all in there uh, picking up stuff and, and cleaning it up. I mean, last night I had to go in there and tell Maria, Maria, go home. It's time to go home. She's in there washing dishes. You know, it's like 945. I'm like, Maria, go home. And she goes, the dishes aren't done. I'm like, you know what? I will finish them tomorrow. I'm tired. and I want to go home. But you see, that's the kind of church we have, a church of excellence. and It's really awesome. Um, let's go ahead. Philippians 4, excellence is a mindset. You cannot think, what do I get by with? We have to make sure our children aren't doing that on school projects. Don't let them say, oh, well, whatever, what, whatever, what do you have to do to get a B? Let's do that, okay? Do something excellent may take doing it less or later to communicate properly the standard you're looking to achieve. Okay, what does that mean? Let's just say, like Mary Hoffman, she has a beautiful home. But, you know, to to entertain, I'll just say, to entertain is a lot of stress on a woman, at least it is to me. Now, I want to do it, but I know to do it excellently and not drive my family crazy, I can do it maybe about once every two months. I can't do it every week. All right. Now, how about this one or doing it later? Perfect example. Kelly uh, Pruitt. She's our youth pastor's wife. She really, really wanted to teach a Bible study this time. She wanted to teach a a morning Bible study and she said she was going to do it. And then she got home and she started praying about it. She started talking to Noah about it and she's got a brand new baby. And her husband just looked at her and he said, honey, I just really think it's going to stress you out. And I think you're going to always be mad at yourself that you weren't excellent. Excellent and you weren't prepared, and the baby didn't behave, and you're just going to really set yourself up, and so she called me and said, I think I'm going to need to take a pass. Is that okay? Absolutely, because, she, see, we're about doing it excellently. All right, uh, let's keep on now. Communic- communicates excellence. Proverbs 8, 6, we need to communicate excellence to our people, our families, and each other. Um, and I think we do that. We've talked about that in this church. I really believe that we, we really think about things. Y'all, you, you don't know on that, on that Sunday morning when we get ready to have that dinner, you, you, you may just walk out there and eat. You don't think about what it took to get all that done. Randy and Cindy had a time if they had to show up to get the chicken, Ed had to get the table set up, Tyler had to do something, Beverly and, and Casey had to get the tables just set such and such a way, we had, I mean, we had to think that through days and days in advance, things just don't happen, it takes excellence and forethought to be a part of something like that, um, but, you know, we want to present it so that if a visitor walked in that day, which we had lots of visitors last Sunday, they're back again tonight. And I think some of that is because we put forth an excellent spirit. We're not just, oh, well, whatever. Everybody just slap something on the table and grab a fork somewhere. And, you know, last night, I, when I come with Lee Leary and we decorate, y'all, it takes me like an hour and a half just to put the stinking napkins and silverware on the table. And you're thinking, what? But you see, I'm... <laughs> Maria helps me one time. I don't want the napkins like this. I want the napkins like this, you know, and I want the silverware just so. And and because when somebody walks in, like some of you did last night, and you bring a first time visitor, I want them to walk in the door and go, man, these people know what they're doing. This is really sharp. It's not because I want to look good. I want him to look good. And you see, God wants to send people of influence into this body. And that's next people, people of excellence, attract people of excellence. I'm sorry. We're not going to have millionaires walking into this church and saying, I want to be a part of legacy. If we are late in starting our service. If we don't know the songs, they forget the words, it's not the words, the music doesn't come up on the screen on time, the, the microphone, the battery's dead in it. I mean, can those things happen every once in a while and you get by? Sure. Things happen. But if that is an every week occurrence, you get in the bathroom, there's no toilet paper. You understand what I'm saying? Things like that, that shows that you don't have excellence and people of excellence will not, they won't even be able to hear the gospel preached because they can't get over the fact that it's tacky. And you can say, well, that's just stupid. We don't need those people. Well, you know what? It's not that we need those people, but we want to be people of excellence. And like I said, it's not about the money. It's about the caliber. Some of you in this room don't make a lot of money, but you are sharp. Pastor and I don't make a lot of money. We're a church of pretty ordinary people, but I think we're sharp, and I think we're excellent, and we have that spirit. Um, we are to love and respect all people. We should recognize that people are on a journey and on different points in their spiritual learning curve. Sure, somebody walks in the church, and they're, and they're dressed like a, they're going to the beach. We're not going to meet them at the door and go, excuse me. That is not how we dress. But you see, what they do is, it, it, the pastor's notes here, people will copy what they see. Eventually, they will begin to notice, oh, okay, this is what they do, and this is how they act, and this is what, you know, and like the pastor was uh, sharing on Sunday, we we want freedom in this place, but there is order. You see, and people sense that there is Excellence here and that there is order in the house and that brings a calmness. Have you ever been to some place, whether it be a church or a business or a meeting of some kind, and you just sense that nobody's in control? Don't you just, you, doesn't that make you just like nervous on the inside? Cause you don't, you like who's in charge and does anybody know what's really happening? And are we going to get out on time or, you know, and all those kind of things? Don't you sense that? But when there's excellence in the house, you can just come in and you can just, take a deep breath, and you know it's all going to be okay. That's why it's important, because we're about reaching people with the gospel, and if they're in any way distracted, they won't hear. So that's why excellence is important. Uh, Excellence isn't cheap, easy, or automatic. It takes a sacrifice of energy, time, and money. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to pay the price with money? (laughs) Are you willing to pay the price with your time? With energy, as I said, we're going we're to paint this church. We're going to do a lot of things and get this place up to snuff, as my grandmother used to say, up to snuff before this conference. But you know what? That's going to take all of us doing something. And are you willing to sacrifice your time and your energy for us to be a, a church of excellence? Um, I just want to share this last testimony, and then we'll read this. Um, sometimes I look at my son Clayton, and I'm just, I, I'm just amazed because I, I knew him. <laughs> I knew him when he was getting spanked five times a day. Uh, And I knew him when he was a teenager. And I thought, Lord, will he live to see 16? And, you know, and all of those things. But we went to a conference, you know, back in, in the summer that Clayton, who just turned 25 on June the 9th, was completely in charge of a conference of over ten thousand people, and y'all, I mean, the lights, the sound, the the music, the musicians, the, what the what the, the the I mean, what the music before service was playing. If the if the mics didn't come on on time, if if I mean, all those things, he was running around going here or there, but it didn't bother him. And he had an excellent spirit about it. And even when he got reprimanded because things didn't go so well and he, you know, he, had, he, got, he got in trouble for it, even though he didn't do it, he was in charge. He had an excellent spirit about it. And sometimes I just think, how did he get that way? Because I know him. And I really do think for some of us as parents, we need to realize it's those little lessons. All along the way, it's those days when he was the worship leader here that he would walk down those stairs. And I was like, you are crazy if you think you're going to church with that on. You get yourself right back upstairs and change your outfit. And he would say, mother. And I'm like, someday you will stand before thousands and you ain't going to look like that. Okay. That's what it takes to have excellence. And it's sometimes it's, it's you have to say the tough thing and you have to speak Twyla Shaw is one of our of Kaylin's teachers, and one of Kaylin's classes is called Intelligent Design. And the entire class is so that by the time they graduate from the ninth grade, they are going to be able to stand up in front of anybody and discuss intelligent issues. So every day they've got to get up and they've got to discuss. She throws questions out there, and they've got to talk about it, and they've got to be able to do that. Those things, see, they don't just happen. It has to be on purpose in our lives. We'll end with this last, this last quote here from Tom Peters' book. Courage and self-respect are the lion's share of passion. It's hanging in long after others have gotten bored or given up. It's refusing to leave well enough alone. It means that anything less than the best you can imagine, you, anything less than the best that you can imagine, really bothers you. Maybe even keep, keeps you awake at night. It usually means sticking your neck out. Daring to give your best shot to something you care about and asking others to do the same is self-exposing. It asks you to pick sides, to wear your passion on your sleeve, to take a position and remain true to it, even under the scrutiny of an audience, when the wish to please, to be accepted, to be welcomed can compromise the clearest inner vision. And I just want to end with this prayer. Lord, I thank you that here at Legacy, Lord, you have given us a clear vision that we are to make disciples. We are to win the lost and we are to make disciples and we are to proclaim your name in this city boldly, loudly, and uncompromisingly. Lord, we won't always be popular. We may never be a huge church. Lord, let your will be done in that area. But Lord, We will stand before you, just as Daniel did, as people of excellence, who even if we're thrown to the lions, it'll be because we chose to do it your way and to be excellent. And so, Lord, tonight, I pray that something that was said will go deep into our spirit. Lord, some of these women and men are in workplaces where they need to shine brightly, You are wanting to take them to the next level of influence. And Lord, I believe that having an excellent spirit will be what will take them there. And Lord, we just thank you for your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.